In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and I would like to thank all our listeners for listening to us each week. And we do have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're tuning in for the first time, let me tell you what this series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance, generational management, and business values that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please listen to us live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific time or download the series on iTunes, Google Pay, or Stitcher. In the series, you can listen to great advice, leadership success stories, stories you can learn from, stories that motivate you, stimulate new ideas, and possibly even be the key to your success. I invite you to connect with me. Please send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Connect with me on my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And when you send me an email, let me know what you want to hear about on this show. But but no matter what, if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take away something useful for your business or yourself. Now on to today's episode. You know, there's a lot of thought today that goes into what true leadership is and its relation to corporate sustainability. Leadership itself is much more than authority. It's about developing people and helping others reach their full potential. It's about equipping others with the right tools to maximize the success of an organization and a company, but also the success of those outside the company, such as customers, community, or individuals. When people guide others in their actions, they become role models for the people they lead, motivating them, supporting them, facilitating uh, facilitating communications that have an effect that reach beyond the company. They impact a lot more than what is in their direct reach. Good leadership helps companies achieve a sustainable society, and this is very often under-recognized. Through their leaders today, companies should make conscious decisions to take action, implement practices that have a wider effect. And our guest today is a leadership expert that thinks beyond the role of leadership, helping leaders understand their responsibility to build a sustainable future for us all. Peter Montoya is a leadership strategist, keynote speaker, and best-selling author, and he's done it all. Peter bootstrapped his successful software company from an idea in 2008 to a multi-million dollar exit in 2018, and he did this without capital investors or partners. So Peter knows how to inspire people by tapping into their unique purposes. He has decades of experience in speaking to audiences about his business knowledge and his inspirational journey, and he also covers a lot about human behavioral insight. Through, though Peter struggled through school with an undiagnosed ADHD, and despite his struggles, he was admitted to and graduated from the University of California, Irvine, in political science. Post-college, he became a traveling speaker and salesman, chalking up over 3,000 presentations and living in over 22 major cities. He went on to find a successful advertising agency and software plan, a platform dedicated to financial services. He is the author of numerous books, including The Brand Called You, The Personal Branding Phenomenon, and both are on Amazon, and his newest book coming out very soon, Leadership Power. He now pursues his passion for humanity and the planet, helping people and organizations have a special role in in 
the survival of our species and through leadership, helping our civilization, our planet. And he does this through the Thrive Union Organization. He speaks thoughtfully and passionately about the need for transformational leadership in today's world. Peter, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. Okay. So let's just, why are you so passionate about leadership? I really think the most important question that we as a species should be asking ourselves right now is how do we cooperate better to solve the potential uh, existential problems facing our species and our planet right now? And as soon as you start talking about cooperation, you are talking about leadership. And a lot of people think of leaders of being some kind of extroverted, charismatic uh, standing on a lectern, speaking to tens of thousands of people. But the truth is, uh, everyone is a leader. You're either a leader of self and or a leader of friends or family. And then thirdly, you might be leader of organizations and companies. But the first leadership challenge that we all have is a leadership of self. Mm-hmm. And and starting with the leadership yourself, okay? Because I don't think a lot of people um, actually think of themselves as leaders, um, and, you know, if you think about the family unit, sometimes you think of one, but how can people start to think about themselves as leaders? One of my favorite questions to ask people when I'm coaching them individually or in groups is what gear is your life in? And a lot of times people like to think of measuring their life, especially here in the States, uh, by their tangible possessions, you know, their house, their car, their job, their spouse, their friends. And that can be one measurement of what, what gear your life is in. But the best way of really saying is, you know, how fast are you growing? How much is your life changing? And if you are in the, the same place, the same job, same friends or lack thereof, same lack of vacation, and your life is not moving forward, that is the best gauge of your lack of leadership. So think of a car having five gears in an overdrive. And of course, we want to see people having their lives in fifth gear or overdrive, which means they are growing in a rapid fashion, accomplishing goals and becoming better the person they are meant to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that's really good. And I, when, I, when you say that, I think immediately of like stepping out of your comfort zone also. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do, you, do you find sometimes it's hard for people to step out or, or hard to, to, to change gears? Oh, yeah. I think that stasis. Uh, is our natural state uh, by and large, and this is you know kind of a generalization and not true for your audience, but most people really hate to change. <laughs> you know, <laughs> growth, <laughs> growth is uncomfortable for us. So if you kind of you know uh, draw down on a piece of paper all the things that you have in your life, you look at your house and your job, your car, your relationships, your happiness, your health, and then you say, okay, well now let me look at all the things I want to have in my life: better health, better relationships, more vacation, uh, more time donating to. Change charities or causes or solving world problems, all of the things you currently have are inside of your circle, which is who you currently are. And all the things you want to achieve are outside of your circle. And every single one of those requires growth and uncomfort in order to get there. Yeah. And so when you, when you, when I look at that circle as a great um, visual, uh, you, you also talk a lot about transformational leadership. Okay. Mm. So, so if we're all leaders and we, we look at what gear we're in, when you talk about transformational leadership, what do you mean by that? So let me give you a, a metaphor for transformational. So the understanding of what a country was up until about 1776 was an autocracy or some kind of a dictatorship or a monarchy. That's what people thought of as a country. And then our founding father, fathers, a little more than 230 or 40 years ago or so, said, you know, we want to create a new form of con- country, which is a democracy. And as soon as they actually created that country back in 1776, it was a transformative effect, both on on the, the people of, that or, of, of our country and also the world. It was a new, a fundamental new understanding of what a country could be. And as soon as they had that transformative effect, it actually unleashed the creativity and the passions and the empowerment of all the people living in that country. And it obviously 
created a trajectory for us who are now living in this country. Uh, another example is, is Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs envisioned this thing called a pocket computer or an iPhone. And as soon as he did that, it had a transformative effect on all sorts of our places in our, in our society. It transformed hardware. It transformed software. It also transformed communication and social media. And it transformed the people as well. So a transformative is when you have a, a fundamental new understanding of what something is. So a great leader can can change the fundamental understanding of a country or a state or a person. And then also uh, people can have a, a fundamental new understanding of who they are. So the consulting, training, coaching that I do is to help people have a transformative understanding of who they are and what they can do. And there's nothing more exciting for me than when somebody has that. And I'm sure, Kimberly, that's the reason you're in this business too, is to see people have those transformations. Mm-hmm. And and we are in such a, I mean, the, the world is transforming. And if you think over the last decade, and not just technology, but, you know, over the last 20 years with the, I live in Europe, the consolidation of the, Euro, the, the um, birth of the European Union, and now the exit of, of Great Britain, and now everything that's going on in the United States from both, both the business time, what kind of leadership or what kind of qualities do you need in this kind of transformational time? Uh, good question. So, you know, I've read so many books on leadership, as I'm sure you have as well. Uh, John Maxwell is both a friend of mine uh, and also one of my favorite authors to read. And he has a certain definition for leadership, which I would probably put in in the in the frames of a good leader or a, a beneficial leader, a benevolent leader might be another way of saying it. And he de- he defines his book. If you read his books, it's the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. But those laws of leadership are all specifically around his kind of benevolent leader. And the truth is you need different leaders for different organizations. So leader, what defines a good leader is dependent upon the culture, what's currently going on in the group or organization, the goals, where you want the organization to go. Then the best leader is the one who's able to actually change the culture in a way to get the people from where they are to where they want to be. And I would think right now in this amazing revolutionary age, the leader that we really need right now is a leader that gets people going back to what we really need, which is personal connectivity. What we're seeing the uh, amazing rise of right now is loneliness and disconnection. And that's affecting us both on a macro and a micro level, especially here in the United States. As I'm located here in the U.S., I've got a very, very U.S. view of the world. Mm-hmm. But we are lonelier now than we ever have been in recorded history by done by uh, the so- sociologists. And first of all, you're seeing the rise of depression, anxiety, drug addiction, alcohol abuse, depression, um, and suicide, and also violence. All violence begins with disconnection. And then on a macro level, what we're seeing with our political system right now is just two sides who want to demonize each other and basically pulverize the other person so they can gain control, but no one's really interested in solving problems. And the more often uh, that we are spending time screaming at each other, the less likely we are to trust one another, our anxiety gets higher, and we can't work together to solve problems. So we really need leadership that gets people connected and connected to empathy once again. Mm-hmm. And and I wanted to stay on that for a second here, um, Peter. Do you think when, when you say this disconnection, the first thing that pops into my mind sometimes is um, – you know, we we are live in such a complicated world today. Okay, mm-hmm. um, you know, they technology has made it easier, but it's also disconnected us from mm-hmm. humans. Okay, right. with each other. How how much do you think technology has played a role in this? A, a huge part of it. So the average American uh, gets about forty six minutes a day of social connection, either at work or at home. The best. Um, the best research we've got right now is the average person needs about three or four hours a day of good social connection to reduce their anxiety, make them feel like they have a tribe, purpose, and meaning. So we're only getting 46 minutes, and we're, uh, we need three to four hours a day. And then we look at the other statistic, which is just horrifying, is the average American is spending 11 hours a day on screens. That's a computer screen, a phone screen, TV screen. So obviously we're putting all of our time toward technology and taking it away from what we really need to nurture us, which is other real-world human connections. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where we need 
leaders to help us in go in this direction. I want to. We're going to take a short break now, and I, I'd like to come back to that after the break um, and kind of find out. You know, are leaders made? Are they born? Mm-hmm. How do we find leaders that help us? But for for now, we're going to take a really short break, and for our listeners, we are speaking with. Peter Montoya, and he's a leadership strategist, keynote speaker, and best-selling author. He is the author of many books, including The Brand Called You and The Personal Branding Phenomenon, and both of those are on Amazon, and his new book will be coming out very soon called Leadership Power. Now, Peter also, uh, Peter, you're starting a podcast, and it'll be Peter Montoya leadershipexperience.com. Do you want to say something quick about that? Exactly it. I'm going to be doing a leadership podcast, helping both people become better leaders of self and also leadership of their family, friends, and organization. And we're going to do some interviews, but more importantly, we're going to do a call-in show so people can call with their real-world leadership experiences, and we can actually give them on-the-air coaching. And they can do do it completely and totally anonymously, uh, so you can change your name, change your city, uh, and just share your experience, and I can give you real-world coaching based on my uh, 30 years experience in leadership coaching. And you can find us at PeterMontoyaLeadershipExperience.com. Perfect. That sounds like an exciting show. And for our listeners, if you'd like to reach out to Peter, he's also on LinkedIn under Peter Montoya. And um, his other website is ThriveUnion.org. And he's on Twitter and Facebook under Thrive Union. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, leadership and business expert. You can contact me with questions and comments at Leadership Beyond Borders at Gmail or join our LinkedIn group at Leadership Beyond Borders or go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. Now, this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda, one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search association. They hold conferences each year. And the next conference is in May 26, 24 to 26 in Berlin. So for, for more information, go to www.cinda.org. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey Alexa! Hey Google! Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to leadership beyond borders do you have a question or comment about our show please send an email to leadership beyond borders at gmail.com again that's leadership beyond borders at gmail.com now back to this week's program 
Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's Business Station. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we are speaking with Peter Montoya. And he's a leadership strategist, keynote speaker, and best-selling author. And he's the author of many books, including The Brand Called You, and The Personal Branding Phenomenon. And he has a new book coming out called Leadership Power, which should come out around May. Now, um, Peter, before before the break, we've been just kind of talking about um, how complicated our lives have gotten, okay, and, and how technology has taken over, and we're maybe kind of losing a little bit of the human touch, and we really need, that's when we really need leaders, and as you said, we need leaders that help us through change and help us bring us where we want to go. So my question to you, when we're looking for leaders, do do you believe that leaders are fundamentally born or can anybody be made into a leader? Or do you think it's a combination of both? Yes. So long short, yes. So first of all, there are some people who are born with natural skills and ability that make them a natural born leader. Um, I'm married to one. My wife is a natural born leader. Uh, However, kind of our perception of leadership is always, once again, is kind of this charismatic type, you know, out in front of the room type. But uh, I would argue that Stephen Hawking was a tremendous leader and it was all through his brain power. He published papers that had a transformative effect on how people understood astrophysics, physics, and all sorts of other disciplines. He was a leader, uh, and he does not look like what what people picture as a leader. So leaders can be extroverted. They can be introverted. They can lead in thought. They can lead by their actions. Uh, So, yeah, leaders are not always the MLK, JFK mold that we kind of have in our popular perception here in the United States. Mm-hmm. And when you say that, I um, I think immediately, you know, why do we have that perception? I mean, is it is it because of politics? Because the people who are actually on the screen in the front today, today, of course, with with the media that we have today, we we see all kinds of leaders. But you know, thirty years ago, it was only the ones that were on the TV screen or the ones that were put in front of us, and that had a lot to do with politics. But when you talk about these leaders and you talk about they could be you know different and comes in different sizes and different shapes it makes me um think about your book on branding okay so um talk about branding okay as a leader okay how do you get a brand okay and and how is it important to have a brand as a leader Uh, So first, I think you hit on a really important point, which is uh, video or uh, TV is an incredibly powerful way of creating a brand or seeing yourself as being a leader. So when we see people speaking or on screen in some way, it does an incredibly good job through um, our minds of emblazoning them inside of our heads as being somebody who's powerful, effective, charismatic, and the rest. And that's probably why here in the United States, which is such a TV culture, and you know YouTube culture that we see charismatic people on screen as being uh, being leaders, but you're right. There's lots of ways to brand yourself. Uh, there are innumerable ways to brand yourself. Obviously, there is a huge race uh, here in the United States right now to get attention through uh, you know social media, YouTube, podcasts. TED Talks, books, there are are innumerable ways you can create a brand for yourself. But the big challenge is is to basically find your audience, (laughs) know what they want or know what they need even when they don't know they want it or need it, uh, and then serve it to them in a way with a bit of flair that actually taps into that need and helps them move to where they want to be. That is the broad, short answer to that question. Mm-hmm. But when I think when I think about it, just like you said, with all the with the the radio and TV and everything, and everybody um, wants to kind of be a superstar. If you think about influencers and things like that, but they're within an organization, um, employees or people or leaders uh, can be a brand without being so flamboyant. Okay, um, and and so how. How do you find your brand? How do you discover that? 
Great question. So in an organization, people frequently get branded by their specialty. And your specialty in the organization is usually what you are good at, what you are known for. So anybody in an organization who is actually known for something really well that actually moves the company forward uh, usually can create a really powerful brand around that. So that's probably one of the most important questions any employee can ask of an organization is what does the company need right now and how can I fill it better than any Anybody else. It's probably one of the most effective ways to brand yourself as a leader. Okay. And um, when, when you're branding it, I, I always think about the question, you know, how do you keep authentic, okay? Or, or how do you find that authentic brand, okay, when, when you're trying to develop yourself within an organization? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, one of my favorite new thought leaders is Brene Brown. And what Brene talks about in, in authenticity is um, au- the uh, opposite of authenticity is fitting in. And so if you were trying to modify your behavior to fit a certain mold, you are almost certainly being inauthentic. So being authentic is being true to yourself, having competence, having confidence, and then also whatever natural spark that you have, having the confidence to bring that out. How that occurs, I, I, I really find, and I have no uh, objective research to back this up, but is having a solid tribe, which means you have a group of people who know, know you, your, both your strengths and your weaknesses, and love you anyways. And once you have a group of people, it be family or friends or some kind of outside group, that gives you amazing power and confidence to really be authentic, and that is a great source of power inside of an organization. And that's one of the things that so many people are losing right now is they don't have that wholeheartedness that comes from belonging to a group of people. Mm-hmm. And when you say group of people, let's stay with that for a minute because I want to I want to kind of jump to the question of groups and teams. Okay, and um, we've been talking a lot about the individual, the individual band, the individual leader. How critical are teams within an organization to help move that forward? Well, yeah, one of the things I specialize in is high-performance teams, and it is getting people to work together toward goals in the most uh, functional way with minimal amounts of friction. Uh, Let's just face it. We're nothing more than shaved-down apes driving around in cars (laughs) and working in offices. And we like to think of ourselves as civilized, but civilized is not our natural state. Uh, We're equally uh, competitive and cooperative, uh, and we are anxious and angry and hungry and tired, and we often, uh, oftentimes act erratically. And so what we try to do in an organization is to get ourselves to reduce our anxiety as much as possible, get us operating more out of our frontal cortex. We're actually slowing down our decision-making process, and so we're able to act in a calm and reasonable manner to reduce the anxiety of the people around us so we can all cooperate better. Uh, anxiety or stress is the enemy of all <laughs> leadership these days. Okay. And so when you're talking about high performing teams and, you know, you have Lancioni and Hawkins and, you know, well, have a different theories. Um, and you just said trying to reduce that anxiety. Um, how, what would be an attribute of a high or how it would be the operating attributes of a high performing team? What makes a high performing team, a high performing team? So there's a lot of different models for that. And obviously there is a fear and intimidation model that was very popular uh, up and through the 1960s and 1970s where you had kind of a top-down leader and the leader more or less screamed at people the same way Mr. Spacely screamed at people in the Jetsons uh, and kind of intimidated people into working together. That model is largely out these days. And today you're looking at a model where we live in an information society where people's ideas, creativity, and desire decision-making is absolutely critical to the organization moving forward. And so today you're looking at a much more, um, what's the word, um, acknowledging or a, almost loving type of environment where people are really acknowledged and affirmed for who they are. So that's the kind of leadership we're seeing today where you have leaders who want to actually confirm who people are so they feel more comfortable and confident making decisions that are in alignment with the organization. That's the model we're using today. Mm-hmm. And how much how much does trust play a role in this? Yeah. Because... Uh, 
You're absolutely right. Yeah, so trust is, is it's all about trusting your coworkers today. Uh, and that comes from lots of experience and really good training. What leadership is today, and really in my experience, leadership is training and coaching. <laughs> so great leaders, you know, oftentimes get to where they are because of their own personal pro- production. They're able to produce and they're very effective getting the job done. And once they become managers and leaders, they probably need to actually minimize their production, personal production, and maximize their coaching and teaching of their team members on a regular basis, getting them to collaborate, work together, work out uh, disagreements, reduce the friction so people trust one another so they can do their jobs. We want people spending as little time possible thinking about the slights that happen in natural human interaction and maximum time thinking about how to move the organization forward. So trust is absolutely vital to any organization. Mm-hmm. And and that's what Lencioni says. Trust is, starts with the teams. And um, and when I'm looking at trust, also I want I want to. This is my favorite question for for leadership experts such as, such as yourself. Um, we're in a global environment, so we're dealing today with really a diversity of people within the organization. And with and I'm talking not just global diversity from nationality, ethnicity, okay, I'm talking about also generational, okay, mm-hmm. we have, you know, from generation set to baby boomers still in there, so this, this has become quite complex, okay, um, what, what's your take on, on how, what's the best way for leaders to actually embrace this, because if you embrace it, you probably have higher performance, rather than get frustrated with it, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean, because I certainly have had those moments, too, where I've been coaching an employee and they seem to be on uh, an outer space as opposed to the culture and the missions of the organization. Uh, and usually what I want to do is start rubbing my forehead, pulling my hair out and screaming what is wrong with you is usually where I want to go. And that is the absolute worst thing that you can possibly do. What it usually requires are some someone will call alignment meetings where I will actually take that person under my wing uh, and have either longer meetings in my office and or at meals um, and or in meetings to try to get them more aligned both with me personally so we actually have a really solid connection. Uh, with connection, you can actually lead. If there is no connection, connection, there is no teaching, there is no managing, there is no leadership. So what I want to do is get that personal relationship back connected with that individual. I might share some vulnerability. Ability, uh, with them so I know who I am and that I'm real uh, so it can actually move them forward. So connection, uh, you know, all leadership starts with connection. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's interesting because because one of the things I've noticed, especially with Generation Z coming up, is the amount of feedback that has to be given, the amount of what you're saying, discussion that has to take place, mm-hmm. the amount of connection have, have um, and, and that might be different you know, and the millennials were a little bit different, but I see that a lot now. So as a leader, what, how do you feel about feedback? How important is that? Oh, that's a great question. So I I actually have pioneered what's called the feedback agreement and the feedback agreement institutionalized feedback into organizations. What I've discovered in both, um, friendships, marriages and also in business relationships, we become inoculated from getting received feedback from other people. Um, and so this feedback agreement basically shares that feedback is absolutely vital. I think that vital, uh, feedback is the oxygen of growth. It is next to impossible to grow without getting outside feedback. So we as human beings are incredibly self-delusional. Uh, we can conf- <laughs> We can miss our own foibles and mistakes. We can miss the way we offend other people. We can be completely and totally oblivious. We can think that we have strengths when actually there are weaknesses. So the feedback agreement more or less goes into step-by-step details on how to give feedback, open honest and kind feedback, and then also how to receive feedback in a way that you see that feedback is not criticism, but it's construction for your growth. You can start seeing feedback um, as a growth tool. And so once that's instituted into organizations, you really open up all of the growth avenues for both managers and also for, uh, for the workers to actually grow more. And then if we have a little more time, I'll get into the details of the feedback agreement. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. We're going to take a break now. And then I'd like to come back to the feedback agreement because I think that's, that's very, very powerful um, 
for organizations and for individuals. And for our listeners, we are we're speaking with um, Peter Montoya, and he's a leadership strategist, keynote speaker, and best-selling author. He's the author of many books, including The Brand Called You, The Personal Branding Phenomenon, and his new book, which will be coming out very soon, called Leadership Power. Now, he also is starting a podcast under PeterMontoyaLeadershipExperience.com, which will be live, and you can call in and call in with leadership issues and problems, and Peter will talk about that again before for the end of the show. Now, if you want to reach out to Peter, you can reach out to him at PeterMontoyaLeadershipExperience.com. He's also on LinkedIn under Peter Montoya. He also has his other website, thriveunion.org, and under Twitter under Thrive Union and Facebook under Thrive Union. And I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis, leadership and business expert. You can contact me with questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or join our LinkedIn group at Leadership Beyond Borders or go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are at home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to leadership beyond borders do you have a question or comment about our show please send an email to leadership beyond borders at gmail.com again that's leadership beyond borders at gmail.com now back to this week's program Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's Business Station. I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis, and we are speaking today with Peter Montoya, and he's a leadership strategist, keynote speaker, and best-selling author. His books include The Brand Called You, The Personal Branding Phenomenon, and his new book, which will be coming out very soon, is Leadership Power. Now, Peter, um, before the break, you were telling me, uh, telling our audience about this feedback agreement, which I think is an absolutely brilliant idea. Can you tell us, can you continue on that a little bit and tell us about that? Let me tell you how I came upon, uh, upon the feedback agreement. It actually happened between my wife and I. I'm uh, on my second marriage. We've been now been together for about nine years. And about a year ago, uh, my wife asked me as her husband the most difficult question that a woman can ask a husband. She said – and by the way, I, I tell this story with her full permission. She said, <laughs> uh, you know, Peter <laughs> – 
I need you to do me a favor. Uh, I need you to tell me if ever I get too heavy. And I'm like, well, wife, I am never going to tell you that. She said, no, I'm giving you permission. If ever I get too heavy and here are my parameters, what too heavy is, I need you to tell me because I'm self-delusional. I won't recognize it. I need you to tell me. I said, there's absolutely no way I will ever tell you that. She says, Peter, I'm demanding upon you. You've got to tell me. I paused. I put my head down and I said, okay. It's now. <laughs> and, it, <laughs> yes. and it was true by her criteria. She had gotten heavier than she wanted to be. And I knew that she was heavier than she wanted to be. I love my wife just the way that she is. But for her, I know how she sees herself and she had gotten herself too heavy. And I kind of started thinking about it and we started talking about it. We both had feedback for each other that we were hesitant and reluctant to give to the other person for fear that they might get defensive. And we realized that we each knew each other maybe better than anybody else does, and that feedback is absolutely invaluable. So we decided to reframe feedback as rather than being an attack, into feedback really is a gift that it is. And as I said earlier, feedback is the oxygen of growth. So we then created these rules about how to, how to give and receive feedback, and now we actually train on it and consult on it and put it in organization. So more or less, the feedback agreement works like this. As an organization, anyone at any level may give feedback to anyone. Uh, your, you and your team members will provide kind, honest, and helpful feedback, and feedback will always prov be provided confidentially and in private. So that's kind of your purview for how mm -hmm. feedback is given. You never want to give any kind of feedback in public because it puts makes people way too anxious and they might want to save face. So when you give feedback, three things. You want the feedback to be kind, honest, and helpful. So when it's kind, the objective of your feedback is to retaliate or to hurt the other person, but to improve them. So you're not trying to make them wrong. And so you're trying to use phrases that help them understand, here's what my experience is, rather than attack. Second, it needs to be honest. Now that is not... Um, brutal honesty where you're unleashing harsh words on somebody, but it is rigorous. You want to be really thorough and honest in your feedback. And then finally, it is meant to be helpful. It, the benefit of the feedback is for their benefit, not for yours. Therefore, you give the feedback as a gift, and then you kind of let go of that feedback. That's how you give the feedback. In a second, I'll share how to receive feedback. Okay. That, that, that is... That's really powerful, okay? And it's a powerful story. And I think sometimes, I mean, I always, sometimes if I don't give it directly, I think I might be hurting the person's feelings, you know? The emotion comes into it sometimes also. Um, so I can relate to that, uh, relate to the story. So when I talk about hurting the people person's feelings, um, and sometimes it happens to us, you know, if we get feedback, we kind of mm -hmm. feel bad. So how, how, what's the rules on receiving feedback? So first of all, it is to frame feedback, not as an attack, as in a gift. So as a business owner, here is my mantra. You know, I can't fix the problems in my business or fix a customer service issue if I don't know what it is. So just tell me what's wrong so I can fix it. Mm -hmm. So I started looking at myself in the same way I looked at my business, which is objectively. I can't fix a way that I've hurt somebody or a way that I'm not being effective if I don't know what it is. Right. So feedback to me is not an attack. It's a gift. That's first. Mm -hmm. Second, uh, I want to remain completely and totally open-minded. So I listen with open body position and open mind, uh, and I don't challenge anybody's uh, feedback. I just say, okay, uh-huh, and I just listen to it, and I don't challenge it in any way. And then finally, when I receive feedback, I'm relentlessly humble. Humility has a couple different components to it. One part of humility uh, is to realize that you as a human being are no more valuable or less valuable than anybody else. Part of humility is to look at yourself objectively. Another part of humility is to admit when you are wrong. And I, if I made a mistake or if I could do something better, I want to know that as close to the mistake as possible. So it's a gift. I'm open-minded and I'm humble when receiving feedback. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's very, very powerful. And when I, when I think about this feedback contract that you have, um, and I think about companies and I think about sometimes what the, what's the biggest miss a company may have or an organization may have. And I miss feedback. 
Okay, and this this really is a solution for our listeners that c- they can implement themselves and really start to think about very powerful. So when you think about um, leadership and you talk about organizations, um, what do you think the biggest challenges are now as in this this complicated environment that we're living in today? So for a lot of organizations, uh, they have management's actually gotten fearful of providing feedback to their people for fear that they may be breaking some kind of human relations rule in some way. And depending on your state, that I guess that could be true. I can speak for California. Here in California, a manager may give feedback on any performance-related issue at any time, and you should. So if an employee is late, uh, isn't returning phone calls, isn't doing their job, a manager has a, a right and a responsibility to give that feedback to the employee as quickly as it ha- as quickly as they possibly can to the uh, uh, offense. So they've got to kind of unleash themselves and understand it is pro- appropriate and proper you proper to give feedback on any performance related issue. Mm-hmm. And people are scared of that because we've gotten into such a you know um, uh, such a governed organizations, whether it's human resource laws or whatever, why do you think people are afraid? Or do you think it's just more comfortable not to do it? <laughs> well, I think, you know, as a manager, when I first started managing, uh, I want, I only wanted to manage the easy people. I didn't want to manage the hard people. And that's not really a manager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. So part of the feedback agreement, it gets easier the more it is actually institutionalized. So when you are interviewing new employees, the interview is not only to make sure that they are actually a good fit for your organization. The interview is actually a, pl- a place to start instilling all of your company values. So you start in that interview asking questions like, how do you feel about feedback? Do you see feedback as an attack or as a gift? How well do you receive feedback? Do you get defensive or are you open to it? And usually when people are interviewing, they give you very positive answers to those questions. You say, great, we are a feedback organization in which anybody can give feedback to any time as long as it's private, confidential, it's done kindly, honestly, and helpfully. Here is our feedback agreement, which is part of our employee manual, which you'll be understanding and agreeing to. Are you, if you come to work for this organization, are you willing to both give and receive honest, kind, and helpful feedback? And you get that agreement early. So it's happening actually in a job interview before they're actually hired. Then as a manager, you want to make sure you're giving feedback the first day, second day, third day, many times that first week. And feedback isn't always constructive. It can also just be positive and affirming. Mm -hmm. You want to get them accustomed to receiving feedback very, very frequently. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this all kind of goes, Peter, in the realm of of more human leadership, as we talked in the beginning. And um, we're, we're, we're kind of on 24-7. And we talked about that in the first segment today. Uh, what's your take on how important organizations to give people the freedom for work-life balance? That's in- becoming increasingly more important. You know, I was grow- uh, I grew up um, in the kind of the, the personal development, the go-go 80s, and our goals and values were all around personal enrichment. That was what my generation was about. How can I become as successful, achieve as much, become as wealthy as possible as quickly as I possibly could? That was what my generation's values set was around. And today, both millennials and also the Generation Z, uh, what they're much more geared toward is they want a life of purpose of meaning and connection. And you know, as to a certain extent, we as business owners kind of scoff at them. Well, why don't you want to sacrifice everything just to make money? And then we realize, you know what? Money doesn't equal happiness. So mm-hmm. maybe they've kind of get it, got it right. Maybe there's yeah. a lesson we could actually learn from these people. Yeah, I think so. Um, we're getting towards the end of our show, but I want to just ask you to very quickly about the Thrive Union because you've started that. Could you tell us a couple words about that? Your other yeah. website? 
So uh, I really believe that loneliness is an absolute cancer in our society. Uh, if you are experiencing loneliness, and loneliness is a pain just like being hungry or cold or hot or thirsty, loneliness is your body telling you that you actually need social connection. Because up until about 50 years ago, if you did not have a tribe or a community, maybe 100 years ago, you would literally die. But now even though we don't need a tribe necessarily to live anymore, our, our emotions don't know that. So part of our psychological health is having a tribe where you know we are loved and connected. So being lonely is as bad as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Uh, is quickly becoming a killer as big as cancer is in reducing human lifespan. So if you look at any of the longevity studies, uh, if you want to live a longer, happier, healthier life with better brain function – your high contact relationships are absolutely critical to that. So I started Thrive Union to have an organization so people could actually connect and get back into community in a very open, human-affirming way. Thrive Union is located here in Orange County, California, and we have meetings every single Sunday. It's kind of like an, an hour and a half personal development and connection section. We also meditate as well. And it's a group of people who want to be good with other people and explore what it means to live a good life. Wow, very, really, really inspirational, Peter. So um, we're towards the end of our show. We're actually at the end of our show. Um, we've covered a lot of subjects, okay? So we've got a lot of leaders out there, potential aspiring leaders. If you had one message that you wanted to get, give them as a leadership strategist and expert, what would that be? If you want authenticity, which means you want to be able to connect more with your people at an emotional level to actually inspire and move them forward, it all starts with wholeheartedness. Uh, I was an entrepreneur too, and I worked my 70 hours a week and didn't see anybody socially, and it was devastating to my psychological and physical health. Uh, you really, Everyone needs between three to four hours of good social connection every single day for your health if you want to be really authentic, if you want to know your love loved and accepted, and want to actually instill that back into your team. Okay, great ending words. And for our listeners today, we've been speaking with Peter Montoya. He's a leadership strategist, keynote speaker, and best-selling author. He's the author of many books, including The Brand Called You, The Personal Branding Phenomenon, and he will have a new book coming out very soon, Leadership Power. Um, he also is going to be having a new podcast coming out soon, Peter Montana at leadershipexperiences.com. And Peter, when does that start again? We're going to be starting in March. So our first episodes are being recorded right now and, and prepared for March. And we're looking for live call-ins. So with any leadership experience you may have, whether it be a challenge because you're an employer working in a hostile work environment, you're a single mom who want to move your life and your kids forward, or you're a business owner or manager and you have a hard time motivating your team, we want your, you to call in. You can call in anonymously and we'll work together to solve, create a leadership solution for your problem. And you can find me at Peter Montoya Lee leadershipexperience.com, Peter Montoya, leadershipexperience.com. And you can actually schedule a phone call with me so we can actually work through your leadership challenges. Okay. So please read out, reach out to Peter. You can also reach out to him on LinkedIn. Um, and if you want to learn more about the Thrive Union Org, which is in Orange County, go to thriveunion.org or under Twitter or Facebook under Thrive Union. And I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis, a leadership and business expert. You can contact me with questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or join our LinkedIn group at Leadership Beyond Borders or go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And this broadcast has also been brought to you by Cinda, one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. Cinda holds digital conferences in Europe, and the next conference will be held May 24th to 26th in Berlin. For more information, please go to www.cinda.org. And this series is also brought to you by the Women's Leadership Academy 2020, which specializes in diversity and sea level development for women. And you can go to womensleadershipacademy.com. And you can also go to Global Business Therapy. So with that, tune in to us each week, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. And if you can't tune in live, go to Google, Twitter, or Stitcher and join us on Facebook. And thank you so much, Peter, once again. And listeners will tune in next week. 
you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.